Welcome listeners. I hope everyone is having a nice relaxing long weekend. This week, my guest and I discuss working for an agency versus working independently. My guest is an independent escort based in Toronto and exudes boss lady vibes. She founded and owned her own agency and ran it for a couple of years before selling it and moving on to her next projects. Her knowledge base on the escorting industry is impressive, extensive, and her experiences speak for themselves. She shared her genuine thoughts and stories as I did in this daringly authentic way I wasn't really expecting. I'm actually friends with this woman in real life, so this conversation was uh, very candid. I'm actually a little bit of a bad influence at times and corrupted her into using explicit language more than she normally does. So please, don't blame her. It's totally my fault. Uh, That year I spent in Scotland sometimes comes out when I'm tired and I start to get a little loose. Uh, Also, please excuse my raspy voice and low energy in this episode. I had a lot going on this week and my voice is noticeably a little hard to understand at some parts. Without further delay, please enjoy my refreshingly authentic and highly informative discussion with the lovely Kinsley Ray. There's a lot of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sex! Why do you think people don't see it as work? I don't know. I think there's just too much stigma. What do you mean we can't just go tell people? The vast uh, complexity of human sexuality. The escort. Deconstructed. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kinsley. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I especially love this week's topic because I feel like I think all escorts relate to what it's like to work independently and for an agency. And so this is just going to be beneficial for anyone considering it or has been in it to kind of just go over it. Also, people that have no idea how the industry works. It's going to be a great insight into that. Um But the most important part of this podcast is getting to know who each guest is. How how long have you been in this industry, the sex work escorting industry to date? Um, I'd say about six years now. About six years. Same as me. (laughs) How did you start? Did you start working for an agency? Yeah, I did. I actually got recruited off of... I got recruited off of um, a dating website, actually, in university. Oh, stop. Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was just recently (laughs) broke up with my boyfriend in university, decided to go on a dating site, and this woman messaged me asking if I was interested in going on dates and that I was really pretty and she wanted to talk to me and I was very curious to know what she had to say and why a woman was messaging me over, like, a dating site that I was searching specifically for men. I don't know how she even got to message me, but she did. I was, like, kind of intrigued. We talked over the phone. She told me that she gets paid, like, thousands of dollars to go and hang out with men and go on dates with them and that she would want to bring me down to see how I felt about that and meet in person. And she worked at an agency at the time? So I didn't know, actually. She had just said, made it sound like it was her by herself Mm -hmm. and that she was just looking for a friend to work with. Okay. But once I actually met her and kind of got things started, it ended up being an agency. Okay. A small one. She was basically recruiting people on the fly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of stories start out like that. Someone's like, hey, have you heard of this? Do you want to be a receptionist here? Do you want to do that? And then the second you're there, it's like, by the way, you can make a little more money if you did this in the back room. And you're like, huh? Yeah, she actually kind of tricked me at first because the first day she was like, this is kind of be going to kind of be what it's like. And 
She went on the date with me with a gentleman, and it was Sorry, actually. Sorry, what? She went on the date with you? Did yeah. she know? It was the her. Guy? It was her client that was like a regular, but I didn't know. And she was like, "This is like going to be an example of what it's like. Just I'll be with you, and you'll know." So what he did was he paid us to go eat and drink for like three, four hours, and I was like under the impression that oh, this is like what it's like. Yeah. And I didn't even have to have sex with him. I didn't do anything. She took him back to her place later, and she did that. But I still got paid to do the whole social thing. And then at the end of the night, she was like, this is what you made from going out with me. Like, this is exactly what it's like. Huh. Lo and behold, the next day when I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Like, I'll, I'll try that again. She sends me into a room and she's like, okay, well, this is your client. Congratulations. She sends you Welcome into a room. room. Yeah. Welcome to the reality of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you found out about this industry through this random woman messaging you on a dating site. Once you did find out, though, like, did you decide? Obviously, you did. But how did you decide to get involved or that you liked it or wanted to keep doing it? Honestly, initially, it was strictly for the financial reasons. Of course. <laughs> she showed me that you can make a lot of money. I basically made like two months of what I could make at my I was working at like Kelsey's at the time in like, one day. And I was like floored by how much I made in like hours. And so I was like, wow, this could really like help pay off my student loans and I could pay basically everything off in like a day that I would pay, I would earn in a month. And it didn't bother you that there were sexual connotations to what was going on? It did take an adjustment. I was like, she was trying to warn me about that, that don't quit off the first day. Like take like a week or two to decide and see if you like it. Like it gets better each time that you do it. And I do agree. It did get better each time that I did it. Like it was like a bit. Learning a new skill. Yeah. (laughs) So... Did you keep that to yourself initially or did you tell anyone what you were doing? She actually had kind of been advising us, not like with everything, but that was one of the things that she did tell us from the beginning to this is something that you need to keep to yourself. Like people in society don't really like that. Don't tell your parents. Don't tell friends. It's just going to come back and bite you in the ass. She told you all of this. She did. That's amazing. It was. It was good that she actually like cared at the time when it was smaller she really cared a lot and invested her time in like trying to teach people but eventually as it got a bit bigger it kind of like fell through and she didn't really care as much she was like more in it for the money than anything at the end but at the beginning when I was like one of her first people that she'd worked with she was very invested in like taking you under her wing and trying to guide you and tell you I mean no one talks about how they're in it for the money because they want to focus on the other aspects, but being in it for the insane compensation is such a huge part of it. For sure. Let's acknowledge that. we It's like the highest paid female position out there, I think, is anything related to sex. I agree. Um, so you started at an agency, and then you started to work independently for a bit? Yeah, so I did work at the agency for about a year to a year and a half the last half a year was like kind of on and off um I started like part-time there and then I actually decided I wasn't gonna go to teacher's college after and I was just going to do keep my undergrad and then pursue this full-time and then she actually shut down her agency randomly oh, okay. so she kind of there was probably a really big reason why but there was we don't get to find why. that out <laughs> There is a reason. So she, yeah, it shut down and she didn't really give us like a lot of warning. It was just like the week of, she was like, okay, this is your guys' last week and we're shutting down. So 
I don't care if you're like going to go independent. I don't know if you are going to quit or whatever, but this is kind of like the last help your transition to the next stage just by canceling her own business. That's very true. Yeah. So I did try to go independent, but honestly, she did keep certain things in the dark. So she actually didn't inform anybody that there was even other agencies that existed. Like we didn't even know that's business though. For sure. She was obviously trying to keep us in her under her wing and keep us like away from everything else. So she didn't want us switching agencies. The less we knew, the better for her. So she basically just told us there was no other thing that you could do except for working alone. And then she would actually kind of have some scare tactics, obviously, that would oh god, yes, be like, oh, I've had these bad experiences working alone, and that's why I work with other girls now. Like, that you could get picked up, you could get god, raped, you can like all this is, stuff. So she would like very much fear mongering is true. Like when I worked for an agency and I said I was going to quit after a month or two because I got the gist way back when. She's like, you're moving to to escort. Like you're a big fish in a small pond right now like no one's gonna know you there you shouldn't move there and i'm like you are hilarious right now i'm trying to like reverse psychology change my decision but she also didn't want us talking to each other as the girls that worked for the agency because then if we find out what she's doing of all of us are going to quit yeah there was actually like similar aspects there she tried to keep us like away from each other as much as she could but a lot of the times Actually, at some times, so she would sad. have, like, a two-bedroom condo, and, like, five of us would be chilling there for the day yeah. in, like, a closet room. Not a, no talking. <laughs> no talking allowed. Well, we ended up talking a lot, and you're right, because eventually we actually, like, had made a plan that we wanted to all leave and go off and do our own thing together. brains. Like, that's just the natural next step. So it is a business move on their behalf to not tell you, but... Like, it's really sad to isolate sex workers like that because you're dealing with so much and literally with someone else who knows exactly what you're talking about and we're just going to not let you talk to that person. Exactly. So once we all had actually decided that we wanted to leave once she was shutting down, I ended up leaving and a bunch of the other girls actually either retired or they went to other agencies. So we never actually stuck with our plan that we were going to, like, rent a condo together and kind of keep it the same with the same girls it's hard though because not everyone's at the same level and some people are like using stuff or like in a relationship and it's it's quite difficult so i ended up only knowing like about backpage actually at the time when i was yeah backpage was a thing like for For sex workers it was terrifying though because i did do it by myself for like i don't i think about like three or four months and then it was just too much i was getting like basically stalkers so many trolls yeah exactly it was terrible. So then I decided like to quit for a while and um, I went traveling for a bit and I thought like, you know what, maybe I should try to start an agency. Well, I was like traveling. I was thinking about this. So I was like, maybe when I get back, like I'll start like a small, like very small boutique, like sort of agency style with about like, I don't know, between like three and five girls. So I could have more like safety in numbers and also somebody to talk to. Uh, what stood out most about working in this industry you never considered before being a sex worker? I was from, like, a small town. I didn't even know that this was a thing, like, that escorting was even. So, I guess, like, I didn't know that it was something that you could actually do. Um, I was also curious to learn more about it when she had kind of told me about it, so. It is very fascinating. It seems to be an underground world everyone's part of and no one talks about. So, of course, you want to be like, get me in on it. Like, what is this? Yeah, I didn't realize how much of a stigma there would be until she also, like, tried to tell me. I'd be like, I was, like, so naive. And I was like, 
what do you mean we can't just go tell people like <laughs> <laughs> like what's wrong with that what is wrong with that <laughs> so how, did you keep your face hidden when you started there uh did they use stock photos for the agency how did that work out so she took she no actually she got us to take our own selfies at first um with cutting our face off and then after we worked there for like about a month, she actually arranged photo shoots for everybody. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. So I think that we only paid like $150, which wasn't bad. He was like very big on like, don't tell anyone, don't show your face. Kind of keep this to yourself. This is not something that you want like your life to meet. I think as. she was looking out for you uh, quite a bit with for that sure. in that regard. Um, do you have a preferred verbiage when it comes to escorting? Do you like companion, sex worker, escort, something else? If it's, like, a client that's talking about me, then I'd rather them say companion. But if it's, like, another escort, I don't mind if they say escort or sex worker. That stuff is, like, fine with me. So it's kind of, like, a level of respect kind yeah. of? Yeah. I get that. This podcast is labeled The Escort Deconstructed, and I would have loved to write companion, but people aren't going to know what I mean. <laughs> um Okay, we're just going to get right into this week's topic. Super interesting, super useful. We're talking about working independently or working for an agency. It's very useful for anyone considering hiring an escort or anyone considering how they want to go about working as an escort. Um, so could, if you can, this is a big loaded question. Could you explain to listeners the difference between working independently and for an agency? For sure. <clears throat> so working for an agency it's kind of when you have like a boss who manages all your calls they do all the admin work the advertising they arrange the photo shoots sometimes you have a driver sometimes you have security um they usually will have either like an in-call for you like a place for you to work um they usually do assign shifts or tell you kind of like on any normal job would like how many hours you'd have to work a week to be able to work with them right how many days <coughs> how long it has to be exactly um a lot of the time though they can try to determine prior what services that you need to do to be able to work with them God, yeah okay i have experience with this what did you what was if i can ask when i first called agencies and, and was asking them the kind of the one guy who's like really shy he's like so if you're gonna be working for us um obviously use protection but the main thing people are asking for is giving oral pleasure without a condom and that's kind of the level we're at and if you're not willing to offer that like it's gonna be very difficult for you to get clients and I was like taken aback. I'm like, I didn't expect this guy to be telling me how I'm going to be having sex with people if I choose to. Exactly. But is is that kind of the same thing? It is the same thing. She told me basically very similar along those lines um, that I had to use protection when having sex, but anything with oral needed to be without a condom. And that, or you won't get hired. Exactly. That's, that's the threat in there. Yeah. She's like, she even tried to compare it to being like, you don't give your boyfriend a blowjob with a condom. So what why would you? That is not the <laughs> she, same thing. I know. So she'd be like, so why would you do it here? Like, it's supposed to be without a condom. Like, that's what you're the girlfriend experience. And so you kind of have to do what you would do to like your boyfriend. Yeah, but your safety at risk for that girlfriend experience. Like, right. Them a little bit. So the main difference uh, is 
that there are these conditions that agencies will put on you to work for them. Not necessarily conditions they put on you, but they just tell you, if you want to work here, this is kind of the standard of what's going to happen. Exactly. How do you think that differs from working independently? Working independently means you run everything. You're your own businesswoman. You pick your own dates. You pick your times that you want to work. You make the arrangements. You're in charge of all the advertising, your website, all the admin work, the calls. And um, you have to pay to get your own photo shoots. You get to pick your price. That's another great thing. So yeah. instead of somebody else telling you this is what you're worth, you get to pick your own worth. That you get to matters a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, agencies do all the aforementioned publicity, marketing right. stuff. So that's a benefit if you don't want to have to deal with all of that and you want to just get into the industry. Yeah. If you're independent, you definitely have, like, tons more freedom for what you want to do. Um, but it also comes with being you're the total and only person in control of your business. So if anything bad happens, it's kind of you have no one else to like, yeah, you have no one else to blame for it. It's kind of on you in a way. It's such a good growing experience though, because there's no greater fail than just literally you failing. Do better. So I've heard that escorts can work both independently and for an agency. Have you witnessed that? Is that like a new thing happening? Or do most agencies just want you to work for them? They don't want you to work independently. Typically, if you are working for an agency, they do tell you that they don't want you working independently. They don't want you to have side calls. And actually, if they find out, you'll you could be fired. You could yeah. you could have to have like a serious talk with them and kind of have like a warning that like if they find out again, yeah, them. if they find out that you do this again, then you're out of here, kind of thing. Um. Because they don't want you obviously taking their clients, every client to them is money. So they were trying to keep their business afloat. They really discourage you being independent because you could be working for them and then poaching all their clients and they lose money in the end. Um, Why do you think escort agencies get a bad reputation, if at all? Definitely they can get a bad reputation if, let's say, you, you had an agency, you ran it. There were some girls maybe that had bad experiences or maybe get jealous that other girls are making more money or feel that they were mistreated in some way. I kind of mean more like in society and even by clients. Okay. Mm, I feel like that one's hard to say because I feel like there are lots of clients that like really love agencies for many different reasons. For the an- an anonymity, first of all, they really agencies don't screen. They ask for like a first name usually. And that first name can be made up. They don't verify. They don't check to make sure anything. They don't ask for ID. Completely different than independent screening. So there's that aspect. People could say it's cheaper, quote unquote, than having to pay a couple hundred dollars or like $500 upwards for like an hour. They could also have a shorter time frame. Like let's say like they only get a half an hour lunch break and they need to have a quickie or before they get home for their wives. I get that. I I do Mm. feel that if you want to become an escort and you've never done anything like this before, that it is a good learning curve to go through to learn just the basics of like how to talk to clients. You kind of get them already lined up for you. You don't have to do admin. So just learning the basic like things, fundamentals of like being an escort, like how to enter the door, how to talk to them, how to comfort anybody. It's a good milestone to just at least start with an agency, even for a short period of time. I can agree with that. 
Uh, do you think there is an imagined hierarchy or a hierarchy that some people live by um, in regards to people that work for an agency or independently? Do you think that workers or people kind of make a hierarchy or hierarchy based on the level of escorting? I feel like society as a whole looks down on all sex work, period. But that aside, within in our, the community... In dirty little industry. Yeah, like, within the community... I. I do feel, although that a lot of us independents try to portray that everyone is equal, whether you're a cam girl, a stripper, an escort. I believe that. I feel like genuinely some other people do not believe that. I agree. That's, that's exactly saying. who we're talking to. But like, it is all the same thing. Stop it. Stop hierarchy. I agree. But I'm. I, I know that there are other people who might different have different opinions about it, and they would like talk down kind of about how oh you're just like a agency girl like you don't know nothing like you're not really doing all your work you don't have the experience to know what it's really like to be an escort i mean it's just coming out of insecurity isn't for sure because they wish they were doing better and a big thing is i i from what i see anyway i don't feel like a lot of independent girls really associate with an agency girl like to hang out with or kind of like be friends with or take under their wing and like teach them. It's not as common as you would hope. So I don't even want to admit to my own shortfallings and I'm ashamed of myself, people. But when I originally created Twitter, which I'd never used before apart from for this business, I specifically would not follow back girls that worked for an agency because I only wanted to follow independents. Just because I thought that these women could be making more for themselves and they don't know it yet and i felt like by following them i was supporting the idea of an agency which i've just told you i think is a great stepping stone but still that's a dirty little thing i did i have never told anyone but as i've grown as a person i now i start to follow them back because i just slapped myself in the face and was like what are you doing that is so rude <laughs> Nothing to do with that actual woman's hard work. All right. So you've met a number of escorts uh, firsthand because you did run your own agency. Do you think any kind of person is an escort? From your experience, the women that you hire, are they all of a certain bracket? Or is it like all ages, ethnicities? Is okay. it Do you hire all of those people? Okay, because I actually have... And then the next part would be like, do some people get hired more than others? Okay. Yeah, two cool. different. Okay, so yeah, if you're working with an agency, they definitely have like certain looks that they want a lot of the time. Sure. Or that they're looking for. Um, they can and they will turn down ladies for being too big or having too many tattoos or piercings, um, being too old, being a woman of color. There isn't a market for that, though, still. For so. sure. But I think the agencies try to stick to the young and the naive. They're preying upon If they're that. older and they've been more exposed to this, maybe they would learn faster that they need to get out of that agency or that they would poach more clients. They see the stepping stone for what it is, basically. Yeah. So um, I know that smaller agencies, when they first open, they definitely are a little more open to hiring women of all color, sizes, and personalities. But most agencies definitely have a look that they want the girls to fall into. What would you say that is? Like, who gets hired the most? Who gets requested the most at an agency? Like, what kind of look? So, 
I actually had a system to this that was pretty like clever in my opinion, but I would actually uh, get kind of criticized by other agencies that I asked too much information and it would make them kind of look a little bad. I actually asked for like their name, age, and ethnicity. Opposed oh, to just the, the name. Of the escorts or the, the clients. clients? Okay. So I would ask them for that. And then every time they saw a girl, because there could be some guys like to see just one girl on the regular. Some guys like to try all the other, all the girls out. Mm. So I was like kind of curious and like have a good little experiment going. And it kind of went for a long time. But every time they saw a girl, I would save it under their contact. And then over time, I would kind of like find a pattern with every client yeah. of what their, their type was. Very smart. So I could kind of point them in the right direction be like right. oh you've seen these girls you would like this girl so actually the funny things that i noticed were there are quite a few um but yeah they're like you were saying earlier there is a type for everybody honestly yeah so the top ones were probably like thin young pretty face big boobs asians were the like big unicorns boobs have to be included in there i'm so honestly the there i know me too <laughs> there was like a lot of clients that were like specifically they didn't care how old how young what color they as long as they had big boobs and they big wanted that boobs. i get it and there I was two it. things that were like we called them i called them like the unicorns which is like the hard to come by kind of girls that you would hire um, those were the Asian girls and r- naturally redheaded girls. I just like called them unicorns because unicorns are like really hard like, to come by. Hard to come by, right? Exactly. So I would just impossible actually. <laughs> but so I literally only had like two redheads ever, and I had like every time I had an Asian girl, she would like I would never have two Asian girls at once. I always had like one Asian kind of descended girl, but then as soon as she'd leave, I'd have like another one come right up. But it would never be like more than one, and everyone was always was like wanting to see the asian girl that's amazing there are some people that were really into like a lot of asian porn out there like where does that come from i have no idea um but it was mostly like the white men honestly that wanted the asian girls specifically i get get the fantasy there's also like a whole category of people that like wouldn't want anyone who had tattoos if it was like if they had a single tattoo on their body they were totally disinterested yeah i get that one too then there was one more but that one kind of wasn't based on their looks. Some people were like seriously only interested in girls who like provided quote unquote good service and like more PSC yeah, no, or open minded that service. That's got to be much more of it than the look. And I feel like a lot of the industry is for some reason right now based off CIM and it's actually like the most requested act. I in, agree. In escorting. It is. Um, so there's a little secret um, about the girls that I would hire. As we had discussed, I was hired under the guidelines that you, if you wanted to work there, you had to provide BBBJ. Yeah. Like, um, okay, so you got to say what the acronym means for people that don't know. A bare black blowjob. So just no kind of blowjob. Um, so for my girls, I also required that as well. I had an outstanding amount of clients that wanted Anal. CIM, oh. as you were saying. <laughs> Anal. <laughs> so a that lot of them did want two. CIM, and I never forced the girls to like do it, um, but I would. Warn them type of thing. I would actually kind of try to let them know that they don't have to do that, but the girls that did offer that service were far more popular. Great. And it was true because some guys strictly only wanted to see a girl if she did CIM and I could only offer 
however many girls were willing to do right. it. Yeah, so exactly. sometimes girls would be like very much like against it. And then after they hear from like another girl or whatever that they get a lot more clients and they would come to me and be like, why don't I get enough clients? And I'd be like, she offers a lot of services. Like, I don't know what to say. That is, yeah. And then sometimes they would just change their People mind later. want to reenact the porn they watch and porn is very grating i feel like at this time yeah and then people want that in real life and i i don't think they're getting the full sexual experience do you know what i think is sexy is if you just see a woman or a man naked body in front of you and you just appreciate every little part of their body and you're like god damn they're just so sexy and then from there you get to touch them you get to play with them that is beautiful and <laughs> that is not a thing anymore with porn no it's like are you gonna are you gonna do cim for me it's like literally dude that's like two seconds of a whole hour like what does that matter to be fair that whole hour doesn't mean shit to you if those two seconds don't happen the way you plan and i find that very like personally offensive it hurts me i agree like my body doesn't matter you could just have like a fake vagina or like fake <laughs> mouth and just do that your business like what am i there for really? <laughs> what am i there for but also what you were saying anal earlier that is actually another popular one i actually never tried to tell the girls that they should or anything and i would say honestly if you want to do it that's totally cool and you can like pick your own price range for how much you want to charge extra and you get to keep every penny of that extra so hilarious that anal's extra to me but very few girls did it maybe like i don't know all of the girls i ever had like maybe five of them did it and they would choose and then sometimes like they would offer it and the guys would ask and i'd be like she's like okay with it but honestly like she gets to make the final decision depending on how big your size is and yeah, everything. Like, not every, yeah not like not one size fits all so i'm just i'm just curious did you for new recruits like did you role play a little bit for them oh for sure so i actually have like a literally like a training day like their first day that they started i would like do the interview with them once they decided they wanted to do it we do the photo shoot after that we'd set up their f- first week or day or whatever of work and i would always tell them on the first day of work give me like <clears throat> between four and six hours not okay. a four to six hour oh. training session but that's just how much their shit oh, needed to be because okay. two hours I of see. it needed to be like kind of training gotcha. so yeah i totally would bring them in and i'd be like okay we're gonna do like a reenactment but i actually did have like a typed out sheet of like to remember everything eventually i would like memorize it but to remember every little point and detail that i thought was like crucial for them to know I think that they need that actually that for sure sounds very useful for sure like for example like a lot of guys in my experience if they're new and they know they're new they're gonna try to stay because they think that the girl's too nervous they or scared to take them out send their time booking they try yeah. to get you to do bareback yeah they try to there's like a list of things they'll try to get you to tell how, them their your name yeah or there's take like your a phone list number. of things you just need like a good answer for and having a sheet of just good answers that's not aggressive is perfect so i would like literally teach them like listen if this guy's like chatting too much and you're like done and you don't want to be rude you just need to put on your and i always always tell them to have a robe i'm like you just put the robe on because like once you're not naked like hopefully they get the hint i literally have like a doctor's appointment in 20 minutes and then i would just if they're clothed and they're just talking to you whatever just like leave the room and walk to the front door and they're not going to stay in the room by themselves like they're going to follow you out to the front door and then you just open the door play and be like have a good day so try to teach them that have an experience the agency in that way so what motivated you to start an agency so i touched a little bit on this but 
I wanted to... Elaborate. I wanted to start an agency because I was planning on working with all the girls that I had worked with at the agency I worked for. And it didn't really work out. Everyone kind of went their own separate ways. And after my little short time of being on Backpage and experiencing how shitty it is... It is a fucking minefield. Well, it was. For sure. I was, like, nervous to work alone at that point. I even got my people on Backpage trying to, like, tell me that they knew where I lived and they were going to stalk me. And I'd never heard of this number before. Yeah, it was, like, pretty crazy. I had a few people being, like... You live on like Dundas Street, and I actually did at that time, and I was like freaked the fuck out, like special level of psychopath. And I was so freaked out, I know. And then I was like, "Fuck this! Like, I'm not doing this alone. Like, if they know where I live, they could like easily try to like get in or something, like or follow me in or whatever." So I basically decided when I went away, I went to like Italy for like a couple weeks, and decided there that I wanted to make some friends or try to see if there was any ladies I wanted to like kind of be a part of like a small agency. And I definitely was trying to do a little different. Most agencies do charge like 40 to 50% um, of a cut. So I wanted it to be much more beneficial for the girls. I wanted to have a 30% to 35. So I basically got the condos for the girls. Um, I furnished them very nicely. I would, I would hear like stories about how Sometimes at some places, certain agencies would just have like literally a mattress on the floor. I was like just mortified by it. And I was like, okay, I want to make it like comfy because if they're going to sit there all day, which I knew in my experience, you really did sit there like your whole shift kind of thing, just waiting around. So you want to make it comfortable. So I made it very like schedules up online of some sex workers and it's like, catch me downtown nine to five. Like, is that because they're working for an agency? Like, because personally, I have never thought even of making a schedule like that. But if they say I'm downtown nine to five today. Is that them working for an agency or do independent people also like advertise themselves like that? Just because I personally don't, I'm kind of confused. So I've I've experienced the same thing. Um, when I was very first doing independent, when I was doing the back page thing, I would do that. I would try to, well, actually, I wouldn't advertise. I didn't advertise anywhere. I would just go on back page and I would just like answer the phone and I would tell myself yeah. a certain schedule. Like I'm yeah. going to work until like, I don't know, like six or something today. Go home whenever the booking stop kind of thing but i do think independence do it as well everyone is different like for me personally i will not see a client with less than 48 hours notice yeah it's at minimum for me that's just my own preference though but i do know quite a few independent girls that actually prefer and like to just put up a schedule and try to book as many as they want in that day maybe they only have like one day of the week they're trying to maximize i want to like only have a certain blocks my day blocked out so that i can work on this stuff and other shit and jog for three hours like i just want to be able to do that and someone's like you available now it's like actually right now i'm along the river sweating talking or like (laughs) listening to joe rogan like i don't quite have time to just meet you in, in a bedroom somewhere yeah maybe in the future so what motivated you to sell your agency so honestly, it was a lot of work. I'm gonna be totally brutally honest. Please it was God dear. <laughs> it was very hard to run an agency. Basically, my world and my life had run around running the business. I had no personal time, like at all. It because was literally the calls come in all day. Did you personally answer the calls? Yeah. So, as a new business owner, I maybe this is the same for everyone. Maybe not. 
I was definitely scared to like hire a booker in case they would run away with my agency or try to, po- no, to poach totally all the girls. No, totally get it. Totally get it. So I was like gung ho that I would do everything on my own. I didn't want any like outside people like trying to run the business, and that I was kind of a little bit of like a perfectionist in that way. That I was like, it must be perfect. I must answer it. Like, <laughs> so I kind of didn't want to have someone else. So I had to own up and take full responsibility for answering the phone so i would literally wake up at like seven in the morning rush to the shower as soon as i got out of bed like scarf the fastest thing that i could find in the kitchen down for breakfast like toast or eggs or whatever and then i would start answering the phone because the ladies well some of them we had like operating hours so the phone would start at eight but people would start actually working around nine in the morning yeah so I basically had to have everything ready by 8 in the morning. So I had like one hour to maybe like shower and get ready for the day and like eat and sit down and try to like answer the people would text like during the night too, of course. And like or like as early as like 5, oh, 6 in the morning. At, like 3 or 4 a.m. Like a lot. And but even also for like the next day, they would like message as early as they can because I actually had a little bit of a policy that was like first come first serve basis by like if you the earlier you text, the faster you're going to get your reply. So that's a good policy. And if they wanted like a girl that was like earlier in like a 9 a.m. And there was like five other guys that wanted that. I would just take the first person who asked for it. Kind of fair. I mean, yeah, (coughs) it's the line system. Basically, you got first in line. Exactly. So it was like pretty exhausting that your whole life would run around it. I never ate lunch. I like sat couch bound because the phone would just be insane. Ballistic. I'm talking like bad. one to 200 text messages like an hour. Like it yeah. was insanity. And not only just from the clients. There was a lot. Don't get me wrong from the clients. But also I had to text. I had like a very strict kind of like protocol on how to. Once the client arrived, they would text me. They were there. I would text the girl to let him know. She would tell me. How much of it was me, trolling though and how much of it was actual clients? Oh, uh, like time wasting was a probably like I don't know like thirty forty percent. But after we, after I kind of had like a regular base, if they were like saved in the phone, I would actually answer those people over. So that was like the one yeah, exception yeah, yeah. to the line. So if they were already saved in the phone as like a regular client, they would kind of get first dibs over like some random who might not even show up because they're trolling and they just want to book a couple girls and then never show up. It's happened for sure before. I've even had s- some trolls that have went so far as to book, tell me they're going to be late to fuck up the girl's schedule on purpose and then be like, I'm almost there. Okay, I'm parking. And it would be like pushing their schedule back by like 15, 20 minutes and they might have been on like like they might have had other clients after um and then they would actually like even go as far to be like i'm here what's the buzz and then i would tell them the buzz and they would never fucking buzz (laughs) so i actually had to like seriously sacrifice like hanging out with family or friends like i couldn't be on the phone all day every day and have like family members over and i would literally like could not look up from the phone like i could not even cook dinner half the time i would have to order in all the time because i couldn't take my eyes off the phone for a second and be like so many phone calls so many phone calls even like text messages if i let it sit for like five minutes i would have like 30 built-up text messages between the girls and the it's clients very stressful to see that much work that you haven't kind of de- like dealt with yet yeah i agree so i basically um yeah i just I had to run my whole life. I couldn't go on vacation. I couldn't go near a pool. You couldn't even go near a goddamn elevator. Like, I couldn't even leave my condo <laughs> because the fucking phone would go out of service for, like, five to ten minutes. And I was, like, afraid. I was afraid that I would miss something important or, like, a client oh would God, arrive. Oh, my such like, a good businesswoman. It was oh. terrible. 
for that aspect it was terrible so i literally was like a couch potato couch bound my hands would be like so red and swollen and hot and the phone would overheat the battery would die it would basically be had to be like permanently plugged into the wall because it would just be used so much how long did you operate like this so like this without a booker probably just around probably like a year and a half and then the last that is a long ass time <laughs> it was and then the last six months i got a booker um but she she didn't work a, like crazy amount of hours i think she would work like 50 hours a week which only really gave me a little bit of a breather like a couple breaks a day kind of thing like I would run it in the morning and get everything kind of like sorted out and she would take it on in the afternoon and then I would pick it back up in the evening and take on from there but I also had her because I was newer and I kind of wanted to hire someone who was trustworthy not, yeah and not in this industry so it was extra hard for her I had to teach her everything about the industry like that there are such things as fake bookings that like yeah. the guys will ask about shall, services. Shall we write like a sex worker manual just to understand <laughs> what a time waster is to save everyone like five years of their life? Right. So I actually had to write her like all this, all this stuff down, and I had to write because she didn't know the girls personally. I kind of like wrote like, and she wouldn't know how to just like I met them, I interviewed them, I hired them, I worked with the girls. I'd have to, like, give her, like, basically, like, a bio on, like, every single girl, anytime that one was hired on, like, what their personality was like, what kind of, like, services they offer, what kind of guys are they, like, okay with. Are you allowed to list that on their profiles, like, what their preferences are? So, I are? would never do that. I actually wouldn't even. But so if they called you, you would tell them? No. That you can't. I was going to say. I was, I was strict about not telling them any services does it make it harder though to get the right companion when you so this is why i had like a very pristine like operation that i thought that was going on basically the girls told me what they would offer Uh and based on what the clients would tell me that they were looking for whether they were like more open-minded or more like personality or more like looks wise or whatever like i want anal yeah so (laughs) i would never reply to like really like anything that was like so blunt like that but after a while, yeah, like sorry, I said, the with, the saving, with the saving of the girls, every girl that they had saw, I would always find something in common with all the girls, whether it be their looks or what kind of service that I've consistently seen all, the, all those girls had offered. Then I would know, OK, this guy really likes like CIM or this guy really just wants like a pretty girl or this guy just wants like a young girl kind of thing. So I would better kind of like i don't know arrange it that way so i would sh- tell her to like you have to see what services they offer if this guy says like he wants more of an open-minded girl i would uh, try to give him recommendations on the girls that would do like cim or maybe are open to anal or whatever but if the guy just like i just want a really hot looking pretty girl like then it would just be like okay just tell him all easy the girls. like great there you go yeah <laughs> i even had an open door policy with the girls so it was quite exhausting like even after work or even in the middle of their shift or something, if they wanted to talk or they were upset about something, I would like drop everything and go to them while so still sorry, managing the phone. So door policy. So you rented a place in Toronto and they would just come there because you would be there. What's the open door policy? No, just for like my house. So like I, oh, okay. I lived, I had like four condos that I rented for, for First work. First can we address how impossible it is to rent as an escort? It's like insane. how in the fuck did you get four? I had troubles <laughs> getting one. <laughs> So I had pretty good credit. I also had some help um, with that. I had a guy that would help me get the condos and he would put it in his name. There's someone else doing it. That's exactly. how we That's how we live, people. 
so I had to end up getting four. They were all like really super close to each other within like a two minute walk of each condo. Some of them were two bedrooms. Some of them was one bedroom. And I actually lived like in the middle of all of them. So okay. if I needed to go there, it any would take issue. me like a one to two minutes to walk to any Seems condo. like a lot of responsibility. So if they wanted to talk or anything, they knew where I lived. They would come over. They would chat. They would tell me, like text me and be like, listen, after my shift, I need to come over and talk to you. Whether it be like personal things, like I'm having a hard time with my family, maybe I need to take a step back for a while, or school's getting really tough and I need to like tone down the hours and I hope that you don't take offense to that or whatever, like, which I wouldn't. I would totally understand. Yeah. School comes first. Um, but then there would be even more serious stuff, like they were uncomfortable in a booking and they really don't want to see that guy. I heard some agencies, many girls have told me that they could tell the agency that they had a terrible time with this person and they don't care. I actually had one. One story really stuck out in my mind. One girl told me. It's a little funny, but it's not. <laughs> um, this girl said that basically this client came in and, like, they were getting into it. And he and he bit her vagina. Like, I don't know, really. She was like, he bit my fucking well, vagina, basically. Well, she classified it as that. So he must have actually bit Yeah, she it. said that she, like, was bleeding a bit. Like, that he bit her vagina and she freaked out. And told the agency they were kind of like oh okay and she's like i'm never seeing this client again and she said in the end they ended up giving the client a discount and sent him back to go see her again the next day what in the actual fuck right any girl that didn't want to see a guy after they saw him one time like i would put on the notes like this girl doesn't see this client that's so fucked up it is and i actually like i had the same issue when I worked at the agency that I worked for, like, she would try to pressure you to be like, listen, like, he's not that bad. And you'll be fine. You're a strong girl. Were you there? Were you right? there? I would, like, sometimes you tell be, me like, how so not upset bad and he distraught is. about it. So I learned, like, anything that I, like, disliked from working with the agency that I did. They did a lot of good things, but there were some bad things. But I'm, she was young, too. She was, like, honestly, like, 25 when she was running it. So she was a very young girl, too. So, yeah, sure, she made mistakes. And I learn from those and try to avoid all the things that made me uncomfortable working for her and yeah. i tried to put in yeah. policies that would kind of like be beneficial for the girls like you tell me you don't want to see a client perfect i will never make you see the client again and i'm sorry that that happened unless they make up a fake name and fuck you both over, that is very yeah. true but actually i would also say so we had like peepholes in all of our all the girls in calls you could see through the door so i'd always tell the girl so this is another thing that was like a safety measure because Maybe sometimes clients want to lie better. Or maybe you know the guy on the other side of that door. And then you blow your, like, cover. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's, like, a high school friend. There was actually one girl that had this, but she actually wanted to fuck him. So it was really, really interesting. But basically, yeah, if there was another guy on the other side of the door and it didn't match, like, their, what the approximates were, like, maybe they lie a little bit about their age. Obviously, their name, you can't see. The age see. one's pretty common. Yeah, but I'm like, but honestly, it should be, like, within relevance like you shouldn't be like a saying you're 30 and then you're like a 60 year old man it's going to be very so i would tell the girls to always look at the people and make sure that they kind of looked to what they were saying that they were like let's say if they were saying they were like a white guy that's like in their 30s like make sure he looks like from the people from what you can tell that he's a white guy in his like 30s okay so at the end of all of this hard work what was it that motivated you to sell it so I basically felt that it was burning out and I needed to take a step back and learn how to care for myself again and for my mental health. Um, 
as it was very exhausting and I really had no time to do anything for myself. I would just be, like I said, couch bound. I didn't get to see my family and friends. So after, you know, a year and a half, I started thinking about selling it or getting rid of it because I did like it. I honestly did, but it was a lot of work and I thought that I wouldn't rather maybe at this point in time work on myself maybe I was already thinking about wanting to start up independently because of all the time that I'd put into the agency I wasn't able to work really like it was just too much for me to handle everyone and all the girls I had at, I had at certain times like up to like 15 20 girls which is a lot and that was like way bigger than I ever expected it to be not so, to mention these endless hours of work you put in exactly like, literally so, not sleeping or eating. you couldn't even yeah I, I couldn't even fathom like trying to work on my own but I was like wanting to I knew it was a goal I had already like been trying to make the website on the side with like the little time that I had like an hour here or there to write the content and I ended up finding a buyer so I ended up selling it but you never thought that you would keep it forever when you started it or did that just change over time it definitely changed over time I thought that I would keep it for like a good like I don't know I was thinking like at least like five years for sure like easy but I really did not how long did you end up owning it Almost two. Okay. All right. That's still quite a while. Well, I also agree with your mental health being primary. And you've also set up so much good stuff for people that are going to keep running it. So in your experience, because you have hired a lot of women and you've also met a lot of women, is escorting something people do for a lifetime or is it just temporary or is it both? Is there a higher percentage of people that just do it? temporarily than an ongoing thing in your experience so i feel like everyone gets into the industry and leaves it for some reason or another whether that be do they leave it some do honestly so it's it's a tricky question because it's really personal preference to be honest like i for one never really the girl that was running the agency she kind of prepped us to be like you don't want to be in this for the for your lifetime. Like, you don't want to have that kind of, like, life. Like, you want to get that's in. That's accurate, though. Like, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing in my 20s and my 50s. I want to do it different things. She was trying to make it even faster. Like, for this is kind of, like, the programming that she kind of gave. She's like, you want to get in, make as much money in, like, a year to max, and then get out. That's what you want. That's what she would tell us to kind of, like, go by. She was, which was funny because she had been, I found out later, in the industry for, like, over 10 years. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like so being independent, uh, running an agency. She was like stripping well. and then she was like independent. Oh, yeah, okay. And then she ran an agency and then she still was independent after she shut her agency down. I don't know if she's still in the industry or not. I don't think Honestly, so. But once you start, you don't stop. And folks, one, when I say once you start, you don't stop, I do literally just mean any form of a relationship that gives you a recompense. Like, marriages for stability right like friends for benefits once you start that it never ends and we all do it in some way or another and it's just life so when does life end that's when that ends in my opinion (laughs) so some girls a lot of the girls that i would hire would come into this with a short-term goal in mind like they would not be like oh my god i've been wanting to do this for like my lifetime i'm just gonna retire and do this a lot of them were students, to be honest, like yeah. that were in yeah, like yeah, university yeah. and they were just trying to make like fast cash that they could. It's hard to have a job when you're in university and try to get good grades and focus on everything. So this was like an easier job that you had to commit less time to. Like 
other jobs you have to commit like between like 20 and 40 hours a week to be able to make like eight hundred dollars maybe a little bit of fun and just a great amount of compensation they could work like one or two days a week and they could make the same amount that they would make in a month at a regular like job that they'd stand around for like eight hours doing so a lot of the girls did take advantage of this being like a good fast cash kind of system and that some of them would do it during their whole university and like plan on staying in this industry until they were done university and then when they got like their degree they would go off and do what they were hoping to do um and you're assuming they just never entered the industry again but you can't really know you never know but honestly there so there was some things some girls had like quit after like a few months and then to my surprise a year later or like six months later some of those same girls would come back and they would be like hey i'm like i'm interested and i want to do this again and i'd be like okay cool and so we'd get them started again so definitely i think that once the door is opened in a way and you know what you're getting into it's easier for them to fall back into if if they're tight on cash there's no like average lifespan you'd give it it just it's all over the place like for the girls at the agency that i ran honestly it was like anywhere from three months to a year like that's kind of like the span that i had and then some of those girls that were there for shorter periods of time, like a very small amount, like maybe like four or five of them in total, um, would have left and then maybe come back six months or a year later to like do it again. But again, for another short period of time, for another like three months. And then they Why quit do you again. Think that is? Fast cash. They just like. But do you think that they also felt a little bit that when they tried to have fun on their own, like on Tinder or in a bar, that the differences they found were minimal? Because it was all about personal enjoyment and just this way you also got compensated. And so in a way, it is like a drug in that sense. There were some girls that I hired that were like self-proclaimed nymphos. They liked having sex and they were very ecstatic about the fact that they could have sex and get paid for it. Right. Other girls on the other end were just like, meh. Yeah, exactly. Like, eh, no big deal. It's fine. It's whatever. Like, it's a job. I do love the adrenaline rush of bookings, though, and the spontaneity of it, and, like, not knowing what's going to happen next. <laughs> I'm a little adrenaline junkie. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like others really do enjoy the chapter of their lives and want to maybe pursue doing it until they're, like, 40 or 50 or yeah. whatever. And that's totally cool to each their own, right? Like, everyone... Can, is entitled to do whatever makes them happy and maybe they don't another thing is maybe girls okay this is another one girls would work for me for a few months and then they would go back to a regular job quote unquote and a maybe like a job. nine to five yeah a civvy job and they would like come back so fast because they were like oh my god all i could think about when i was standing there for my eight hour shift was like fuck my life i just made eighty dollars for eight hours of standing and i could have made fucking like five hundred dollars today for like three hours of work or like four hours of work the downside is though the stigma so like you gotta be able to live with that but like the compensation is higher so if you if there were no stigma associated with escorting do you think escorting agencies would operate any differently like if anyone could just be like loud and proud and be like i'm a sex worker do you think agencies would be as relevant do you think they still would play a place in society that one's hard to say i think that it could go both ways like look at the red light district in amsterdam yeah they showcase the ladies in windows 
and so it could go either way that like maybe agencies will become more popular because it's more society more society accepts it more and girls are actually finding out about it more and more through talk or it's easier for them to get into so maybe agencies would kind of be like the kings of that and they would take over we'd have more options it wouldn't be such like an underground thing to try to like recruit girls through dating sites or like sugar dating sites or whatever they would just be like more people maybe directly applying and they might actually get like an upper hand on having a lot more agencies run but at the same time maybe do you know when maybe I, they wouldn't when i worked for an agency in um there was a businessman that just owned a bunch of different agencies and this just seemed like one other lucrative in industry so like he wasn't specifically in this and to him it just made a lot of sense to offer this even though he had no idea like what was going on um and he his main business ethos was that i am not an agency you're not working for me i'm more like putting you on here as my own platform and then you get to advertise yourself and i'll Mm -hmm. take a cut so it was just like a mini version of that though so it was an escort agency but they're like, we are your representative. You do not work for us. So I think, I think that's, that's a legal the new thing. model. Of Honestly, like- I heard that's what the girl that I was working for tried to play with us too. She actually she at one point, like she tried to play this kind of like this kind of like mind game in a way where it was like, if the police had come at any given time and they were questioned or we were questioned, and actually one time the police did come um for a noise complaint and i thought it was my client at the door and i was like in my heels and dress like answering the door and she was in the she was there too i don't know why i think that she was like dropping off some supplies um but i like looked through the door and i saw a police officer and i was like freaking the fuck out like oh my god like i've never had to deal with this like you wouldn't tell me that they were not doing anything illegal though at the time was it before 2008 no um it's fine I don't remember what, but at the time I was like still young. I was like 20. I didn't know what the fuck to say to the police. Like, hi, I'm yeah, dressing me answer the door. So she was there. So I was like, listen, you're the boss. You fucking answer the door. Like you deal with the policeman. Ooh, I'm going to go hide oh God, downstairs oh and run away now. And you can go deal with this. But she actually had like, after that incident, tried to tell us that like, listen, if the police question you or if anything happens, you need to tell them. And she would like try to convince us. She was like, we're your friends and like that's all we, like I'm just like your friend and I'm just like building this for you I'm just helping you advertise like we're friends right like I'm not your boss like don't think of me like that like we're just friends so it was like a little weird it was like she was definitely trying to like put something in your mind that like basically would if it went to court for some reason for well because yes being being independent is legal because it's everything that you're doing, you're choosing to do for yourself. Yeah, but if you run an agency, illegal? it's a gray area for sure. Okay. Because recruiting is illegal. That is illegal. Well, to recruit they a girl do it in a very strategic manner. Exactly. Right now. So, I know for a fact that that is an illegal thing. Also, there was like a quota um, in one of the bills. I think like C sixteen or something or three C thirty six. I don't remember which one it was. Thirty six. Yeah. So there was like a quota after it got updated because there was a one year period that I was working with her that was like. They didn't come up with any rules on time. And it was like a free-for-all. Like anything went. And then once that bill passed, things kind of changed. So she basically tried to make contracts for us. 
What the law is, though, C-36 says that it's legal to pay for sex, but not sell sex. So it's actually on the side of sex workers. So the Johns would get in trouble, not the women. There was also a clause saying that you can't work. You can't have any security. You can't. You can't have any security. Se- exactly. You're not allowed to have, like, there was actually a clause, too, about, like, third parties. Like, it was, like, somebody cannot live off the, like, the avails of an escort. So, like third-party persons as an, an agency owner, if they got caught for taking a big enough cut, like 40 50%, that was like not... Abuse, le- Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. They would actually I categorize got, it gotcha. as a trafficker. So, yeah, she was trying to make us kind of understand that we were just friends and that because if she got in trouble, if we all had said, like, she's paying us out, she's taking all our money, like, in a way, or, like, she's putting us in the room and taking all our money and we just listen to this girl. And they're not actually allowed to, like, so she did. I'm pretty sure she told them the services that we would offer. But s- so that's actually legal in itself, too, because she's speaking on your behalf of what you're going to do for a money exchange. And that's not allowed. Yeah. So uh, just on the client side now, do you think there are advantages or disadvantages of using an agency versus finding someone independently? Like, what do you think is the difference there? Um, so... They get screened easier by most of the people. Let's just say less slash not at all. It's not easier. It's just no screening. Yeah, like exactly. They just (laughs) only ask typically for a first name that you can say any first name. Like they can't check it or they won't. Um, It might be like a lower bracket of income for them to have to spend on. Like if they do this more frequently, let's say, then it's like. Maybe like, and they only like, maybe they only want a half an hour and it's just quick in and out and they just want straight to business kind of thing. And then that's an easier route for them. Um, people who have like a small time frame, like a small lunch break, or they're just trying to, maybe their wife hasn't like laid them in like five years and they need to hurry up and go see someone really quickly after work before they get home and then blame it on traffic. Like, <laughs> um, maybe that the, the ladies can't contact them personally because the agencies are the ones with the contact and they're not going to contact the client out of the blue. So they kind of feel they are protected in that kind of way. Um, Another one could be like reliability. Like they know that the girls usually sit there all day at an agency and wait. So it's reliable. You book it, they're going to be there most of the time. It's also easy to cancel last minute or just walk out without I mean, any repercussion. I mean, that can happen with independents, too. Yes, but most independents that, like, will try to get a cancellation fee or will have other resources. Yeah, like, a black, like I'll blacklist you for walking out or if you cancel so many times last minute. Like, do you know what I mean? But for an agency, they're just like, it's kind of just like, okay, let's just try to fill the spot as quick as possible with somebody else. I'm sure there's other people. So they can just cancel, like, last minute. They can just ghost. They can... Walk out and be like, ah, this is not the look I'm looking for. With no repercussion. They don't pay the girl any money. They just leave. Right. Do you think it's important to discuss escorting without prejudice and have society discuss it openly? Do you think it's important that escorts be given a voice? I definitely think it's important that escorts are to be given a voice. Um, It would allow us to have more of a feel like we're more normalized in society and that we're not so shunned or... Look down upon. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone else gets to just casually go up and talk about, like, their work and what do they do? Oh, I'm working at my office today. Oh, I'm an accountant. Oh, I'm an event planner. Like, okay. Oh, here we are. 
saying our cover story that we have to basically memorize the by now because of the amount of time. Like, this would not exist without the clients. So, like, we are just not giving credit to the women, or sorry, men behind the scenes. And we are allowing clients, but not escorts, to discuss their feelings. And it's disgusting. We have to stop it. I agree. Yeah, like, I never wanted to tell anyone I ran an agency. And it was a huge deal in my life. And I was like... You don't want to tell people? No, I didn't. Like, when people would be like, what do you do for work? And I was, like, running an agency, I would be like, I want to. I would want to tell people because it's, like, a big accomplishment yeah, in a way. I'm it was hard fucking like, work. I'm so proud of you. you it no was idea. hard fucking work. But I had to just be like, I, mm, I, I plan events. I do nothing, yeah, basically. I'm, like, a promo model, or I plan events, or, you know, I... Do some side gigs it's here and there. It's embarrassing. And it, it is. And then they health. ask you more questions and you're like, um, you have to like make up like things it's on really the fly. It's sad. It is. But I would love to tell people that I'm like, that I casually meet that like, I'm a sex worker instead of having to recite some random thing story to cover up the fact that I am a sex worker. But because you're proud of who you are and the having exactly. to cover it up kind of puts shame on you that you didn't even want in the first place. Exactly. And that shouldn't exist. So, yeah, you think society should hear about sex workers more often. It's a, it's kind of a tough one because, like, obviously kids, minors, people right. not interested in the industry. But studies have shown that more and more women in university are joining these arrangement websites. And no yeah. offense, to me, being a sugar baby is being an escort, but just for less money and less guidelines. Sure. So what do you think is the difference between an arrangement and an escort okay so the biggest difference between agencies and like sugar dating websites is that the girls who are on the sugar sites are basically independent workers in a way in my opinion but independent sex workers yeah independent sex workers for yeah, sure sex workers right yeah hey yeah. but they're just like yeah the difference between like the agencies and these and these sugar websites i think they are for sure sex workers but they're like more categorized maybe in the independent way but the other thing is because they do, they do set their own rules and they make their own arrangements, rates. Maybe they say like it's only strictly social. Maybe they allow pay for play, which is what I've seen like some of the. I common think it's area. PPM. Okay. Pay per meet is the, oh, okay, but you're not supposed to say that. But that's literally what everyone does. And then it's like what many of them though don't realize is that they're making negotiable deals with clients who want to pay as little as possible with them for as long as they're possible. S- they're shopping for a cheap escort. Exactly. A they cheap, are willing and they escort. are willing because they know no better. They are willing to make these negotiations with people. Like many of the girls are inexperienced in this kind of world and they just think right. it's cool because they hear from somebody or they know a friend, they also a friend that does it. That they don't have to be intimate and that's where I think the evil lies is prostitution is not legal in the united states so that is why i think arrangement websites exist it's because it's not legal there so this is their maneuver around how to get around that but it is legal here so why do people use it here because it is legal here so you're basically hiring an escort for less than she deserves expecting more and then also shaming her if she happens to call herself an escort like there's just so much Nonsense. I think the clients on there are like a certain type of people. Like they're kind of predatory in a way. Like that. oh, absolutely they predatory. They are absolutely. looking, like I said, for the best price. Maybe like 
yeah they'll find a girl that's like i'm not doing any sexual stuff but you don't think they're gonna try you don't of think they're gonna try to convince will. them that's part of the fun they're gonna push the boundaries they're gonna try to it. like throw like a couple hundred more dollars and be like listen if we have sex with me i'll give you extra money or like maybe they'll hope that hey maybe if i it see this girl enough times she'll get comfortable really with sad. me and then we will have sex they prey on the naivete they do and like like i said do. these girls are so inexperienced so they just kind of will go with it they'll just i've even heard from girls that so i have recorded off of an arrangement website before um and some of the girls would tell me that they would literally meet up with these guys for like anywhere from like three to five hundred dollars i'd say 300 people and even if you ask more they're like honey baby 300's the base like asking more like do you know who you are and it's like do you know who you are like what are you talking about right now you when i talk tell to me these- what i'm worth. <laughs> when i talk to these girls they would be like oh my god i'm getting the best deal like i get 300 dollars to hang out with this guy i'm rolling my eyes people and i'm like okay but for how long are you hanging out with this guy like a couple hours she's like oh no no no! the whole night whole night and i'm like my jaw like drops before i'm like are you kidding me like the whole night and And they're like yeah and i'm like okay but wait like let me get this straight are you like having like sex the whole night like are you just hanging out and they're like well we do whatever he wants to do if he wants to hang out we'll have sex a couple times and i'm like okay how about like are you having protected sex and they'd be like well what kind of maybe sometimes but not really and i'm like wow Everybody uh, the astounding amount it, of times right that I now. had met girls off of like sugar sites that have told me that they did not use protection is astounding. Okay, well, that's the one main difference. I just got tested a few days ago and I do like clockwork every three months. It's sad to see them doing literally what we're doing, but not getting compensated. Also, the lack of label makes you feel a little dirty for no, like the all the double entendre of no making sense out of this. There's no way to fix it, though. Like, how do you fix it other than normalizing sex work? Because then the respect is there. The predatory people don't have the access. Mm. It's, I'm very passionate about it. Have you ever watched the show Slut Ever? No, not that one. Okay. Well, I also kind of want to shout out one resource I think is super sex worker friendly. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to show you an episode before you leave. But it's amazing. And she enlightened me on there are sugar baby boot camps in <laughs> L.A. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they're employed by the website. Uh they just tell you how to appropriately kind of give a spreadsheet of your costs and say that you can't afford to hang out with someone unless they meet these costs because prostitution is illegal. So this is how they get around that. (laughs) And then personally, I would never do that. I'd be like, here's my rate. Here's our time spent. I'm not going to be like, "Mm, well, my credit card payments due, and like, I have this car payment. Like, can you help me out? To me, that's disgusting. Girl, girls, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. I want to know clear cut what the deal is. That's my comfort level. Not going to be doing that. Yeah, I knew girls that would also, yeah, do it. Be like, my car was broken, so I just needed to get get it. I think it's a good negotiation move, but like, I'm just so not into that. (laughs) okay well we're done the hard part and now we're on to the juicy questions so what do you dislike and like most about this industry 
So, um, I definitely dislike living a double life because of society. God, the secrecy kills you every single day. It, it, it really sucks. Like, not being able to freely tell your family and friends. Like, I've been an event planner to my mother for the last, like, five years. And then and she's like, she what actually went you time, plan? Yeah. Well, actually, I just make shit up. I do. I try to, like, be like, oh, I was doing an event for, like, a wedding. Or I'm like, I'm doing a bucket. I'm a bullshit like, artist, too. I know. One time, she legit tried to ask me if my my <laughs> workplace could <laughs> plan an event for her. And I was like, we're totally booked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> shit, that is hilarious. It was terrible. I was like, what the fuck? Why would she do that? Um, the other thing could be like that I don't like is like, although we do have a good community within the ladies, it's a very isolating, yeah, and the jealousy thing, the clicky, yeah, clicky as fuck, yeah. But I don't think we actually like talking to you right now and talking to me. Like we love each other and feel connected in a way that is in no way evil. But I think like Twitter and other platforms, it inserts that competitiveness. And we oh, d- sure. we all honestly don't feel it, but you don't get to see that when you don't get to meet the person. Yeah. And trying to, ladies and gentlemen, meet an escort when you're an escort is close to near impossible. Because Literally hella hard. I think I've met like five, five independent escorts in the like last two years that i've been like working independent like it's yeah. crazy nobody wants to meet you they don't even answer the email they don't know if it's a trolling email or what you're trying to get out of them paranoia right. sets mm-hmm. in. it's it's such a bummer i agree because i feel like we could all empower each other and hopefully as a result of this podcast we'll do that <laughs> yeah and then there's one last thing that i really dislike which is like trying to maintain your personal relationships whether it be like trying to have a boyfriend and be like normal or yeah. even having like civvy friends. Yeah. It's impossible do basically. You, do you lie to your civvy friends? I definitely do. What do you say? Event planning. Same thing. Event planning. Just keep it. I can't, I can't, I can't live a double life and then have like five stories of what I do. I can't keep it straight with all okay, these so people. You're, you're at six years too, just like me, yeah. right? No, I am giving less and less of a shit as the days go by. <laughs> Like, it's dangerous because I just keep picturing myself giving, like, a big F you to society with the being told I'm gross shit. And so more and more, I kind of tell a random person at a bar, I'm like, I'm a sex worker. Yeah, this is what I do. And they're like, take me back for a minute. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, can I see your website? I'm like, sure. Go ahead. They're like, oh, that's that's what you get paid? And you get to make your own hours? I'm like, right. And then they're impressed. At the same time, they're like, oh, this chick sucks in no, fucks. And I'm like, nice. Okay, well, like the level the of respect doesn't exist. <laughs> but at least I'm getting there, I guess. We are basically therapists. So what has been your favorite thing about being a sex worker? Probably um, making my own schedule. Um, I'm, like, proud to, like, run my own business and be able to say that, that you can manage everything but you're not telling most people you're running your own business exactly so it's it's like a hidden secret it's a little sad but i am proud to like that you make more money than like or you can make maybe as much as like a doctor or something and you don't have to go to school for like 10 years to do it um having the financial freedom though we are basically therapists just without the credentials (laughs) Um, having the financial freedom probably is another good one to like help out my family if they need to. And I don't really have to like 
How can Take you a second explain guess helping second them thought. out, though? Like, how do you explain that? For my mom, I tell her that I get paid well. She doesn't know how much I get paid. I've just told her I've been saving. I've been working there for a long time. I tell her I'm like a manager at an event planning thing, so I get paid more to do less. <laughs> Are they are they're not stupid though, you know. They have my mom is not. The, she is not on. the brightest. She does not put two and two together. Okay, well, thank God for that. Yeah, and I wish. do appreciate that time to time. I just avoid <laughs> talking to my parents entirely. But I guess after this <laughs> podcast, it'll be really tough. Okay, so what do you think is the most important reason we need to remove the stigma associated with sex work and escorting? Like, honestly, nobody likes to hide behind a mask and have to live a double life from your family and friends just to avoid the judgment from other people or losing relationships with the people you love. So it would be great that we could just totally remove the stigma. Not even that. The pure amount of people in the industry right now, it's like it's just causing all of us negative mental health issues. Oh, for sure. And we could just remove that easily by just not normalizing sex work, but being allowed to talk about it. Like it's not blasphemy. Also the whole BS with the U S basically targeting sex workers. And oh God, I can't we can't travel that. freely anymore. To the I have US. never been to New York. I've never Me been either to so many places. I legitimately I really had a whole go. plan. And the fact that I'm going to get rejected at the border makes me want to cry. And potentially banned for life. Like, it's yeah. like a Madison sad thing. said it is for the foreseeable future. It's not even 10 years. For the foreseeable future, she yeah. said. That is, I'm an undesirable candidate. Like, I'm a good citizen. I pay right? my taxes. It's I'm like a nice person. A real? I'll help an old lady cross the street. Like, right? I'm undesirable. It's like, a really sad thing that you can't travel to the U.S., which is supposed to be, like, our, like, brother-sister country. And here we are getting the big, like, fuck you. Like, you can't come here. You're not welcome. Like, that's, like, a really shitty thing. You are welcome. You are welcome <laughs> onto this podcast. And share your fucking story, please. So do you have a retirement date in mind? Um, are you going to quit the industry at a certain time? Like, have you thought about this? At the time, I don't have a retirement date or an assigned time to quit kind of thing. Um, when you initially started, did you tell yourself only for a year? Well, the girl was kind of the lady that was like hiring she us. She kind you. of instructed us yeah. that the best possible outcome would be to stay for like a year or two, make as much money as possible, get the fuck out of it. So, I mean... I I was not well off. My family was very like low income. So having that kind of money made me <laughs> and being like I was literally I was 19 when I started with her. So we also had an in call literally like five seconds from the Eaton Center. And I kid you not, every time I would make cash, I would go to the Eaton Center. I'd blow it all. I didn't save a penny. I didn't hilarious. do shit. So I think for the entire year, I didn't save. I didn't do shit. I would just. I'd be like paycheck, but like day to day. A nice experience for yourself, which was therapy. In I a got way. to buy everything that I ever that I had ever wanted to buy, <laughs> so I was like very I excited about that. But I'm so happy for you, right? I know. I was like, I was happy with the fact that I could buy things that I couldn't buy before, and I was like totally happy as a pig and shit, basically like rolling around in all my clothes. Um, but no retirement but, date. Set but yeah, currently I honestly like I'm enjoying my life the way it is. Um, and I feel like once when I that fulfilled, stops, then once I fulfill this part of my journey and I want to open like a new chapter, then I will. But maybe that's never. Maybe that's whenever I decide that I want to settle down and like 
find a husband and have some children. It like, is my personal belief that everyone is always an escort, whether you enter a marriage or like see somebody for a business deal. Like I do think we all, what the technical definition of exchanging time for something is, like we're all already, <laughs> already escorting all the time. So like, but yes, that is great to know. What do you think the biggest misconception is people have about sex work? Like society, you mean? Like yeah. Like what? Yeah. Do, what do people assume? About they assume that work? we're desperate and that we have like no self-respect. That basically, that we're forced into doing this no for no choices. better reason. No other choices. That we have no better options. Yeah. yeah. And that we have to resort to this type of work, and we have nothing else. That we, like we, they often will be like, go get educated, go get a real job. Like it's like I'm paying for my education <laughs> with this. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like I've already paid for all my school. Like. Some girls have, like, fucking PhDs and master's degrees. Yeah, and, like, a lot a of lot. them do. Surprising, like, not surprising. Most a of lot. us. And it's crazy. That society just thinks that we're, we have to resort to such a awful job in their mind. So that yeah, the, biz- the biggest misconception is lack of agency because we're just too stupid, basically. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love this one. What's your current favorite book or one of, like, your top three that you always recommend to people? Okay, so there. I'm more into definitely like I'm more into like self help or like nonfiction books. That's so. cool. So I have two that are really good. Um, there's this good one that came out this past year. I think like in January or something. It's called Girl Wash Your Face. Girl Wash Your Face. Yeah. Um. So that one's pretty cool. And then the other one is a little bit different. It kind of teaches you like, and it might be good for like the industry, like how on Twitter sometimes we get like jealous or like see other people maybe succeeding in a business more than you feel like yours is at the time. I appreciate their beauty so much that I'm like, why would anyone ever hire me? Like, she is so beautiful. So there's, like, certain things you can control and you can't control in life. And then there's this book I found. It's called Calm the Fuck Down. It's basically about controlling, like, or learning that you can't control everything that goes on in the world and you just kind of have to take it at face value and deal with what it is. Stop worrying about stuff that you can't, like, that is, is already happening you can't worry about that shit that is a great lesson can't wait to read those I will definitely add them to my lists uh, I just personally reread The Bell Jar and I don't know it was like oddly soothing just to hear someone else's crazy like it made me happy <laughs> Ooh, which song would you say is your anthem not as a companion but just as you I have no idea. I have too many songs that I like. Okay, I just I have like it doesn't have to be your anthem, but like what have you been rocking out to the most? Lately? Okay, so this new song came out by I really like Nicki Minaj and like Beyonce and like okay. Cardi B. I'm All more right. into that kind of music, but her new song I think it's called Megatron came out, and I'm really into that song right now. I'm gonna look it up. Megatron. So, who is your biggest companion crush at the moment? Do I have to pick one? No, you do not. <laughs> it can be a plethora. You go right ahead. Okay, because I have, like, probably top, like, four, I guess I'll do. It's too hard to pick one. So, I've always loved Madison Winter. Of course. God <laughs> damn. Like. Um, Alexis or not. I've had so many clients tell me that she's, like, so cool and chill and she's very beautiful and she has this like sexy australian accent i'm like I'm oh yeah the accent oh kill me now <laughs> and then layla roshki don't think i've heard of her i need to look that up yeah she's pretty cool i'm supposed to meet her soon um and then there's one girl from new york i don't know if many people have like heard of her but uh christina kowalski christina kowalski okay 
What do you like about these women? Okay, so for Madison, she's like super down to earth and chill, and she's just laid back and like the she's girl out there. She's yeah. just living it, like she's doing it. Yeah, she's like very very chill. Like it is what it is. She wants to go. She's a girl you can like hang out with um, on like the beach, or you can do fun adventures with. She's very like just down to earth in that sense. So yeah, for Alexis, I haven't met her, but I've talked to her on like some reference checks, and she seems very like polite and cool and down to earth. I like to follow her Twitter stuff. Same with Layla Roshki, honestly. I haven't met her. I have plans to meet her upcoming. Um, again, she seems just very cool and down to earth, like a sweet girl. Um, Christina Kowalski, she's like very just like, I don't know. She has this like sexy, but like very like playful and cute vibe going for her. And that she's like this that innocent little hot. GFE. That sounds hot. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I haven't met her. I can't go to New York. Well, so I'm glad that like I want, I want people to shout out people they think are doing a great job because it's just such empowerment. Also, we actually have crushes on you and like you deserve <laughs> to hear it. So do you happen to have a juicy story that you'd be happy to share with listeners? I mean, people are undeniably listening to this in the hopes of hearing some juicy personal experience story. Um, can you think of anything you'd like to share? Okay. I have one that's like, maybe like, not like a great juicy story. Any like story is going to be like a badish experience or yeah, like, or it's, it's kind of like laughable or now. Maybe. Funny one, anything. Okay, so I have this one story that when I worked for the agency that I worked at when I first started, um, there was this one girl that I was really good friends with there. We would try to, we would hang out all the time. We even like eventually like lived together. Like we made, we got an apartment in the same building and lived like as neighbors. But there was this one really super rich guy. Can I say his name? No. Okay, so there's this one really super rich guy. <laughs> he lives in he would text and he would expect after like he was done talking with the with the boss lady that you would basically be there within like five fucking minutes and it was like insane he had like this strict he was like he had this like strict vibe about him so as soon as you were done she would be like telling you like hurry up get your bag like go 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 like i'm ordering a car now to go to this out call to go see him but he would he would order you order you (laughs) he would (laughs) like a pizza (laughs) no (laughs) He would, he would book you pizza. for, like, the either eight hours or, like, an overnight. And she did warn me before that, like, listen, like, this guy is very strenuous to deal with. Like, I can't even personally deal with him. Like, you really have to have some thick skin to deal with this guy. She's like, but he's going to pay you a lot of money. And I was like, oh. So, obviously. Honestly, like, I like new experiences. I'm, like, intrigued. I'm like, ooh, tell me more. I know. I was like, okay. Like, okay. I think I could deal with it. I could try it out. So I go, and this guy meets me. Um, I think that they were charging, like, 1500 for an overnight. Way cheaper back then, yeah, yeah. when you worked for an agency. And they actually took a smaller cut for that. So I, I got to keep 1100 and they got to keep, like, $4. Um, so I was pretty happy with just, like, even the 1100 because I had never made that much in one yeah, day out of, of the course. agency, like, for one client anyway. So I go, and then this guy literally sits there and tells me that, he has a dare list like but this is within minutes of me arriving and sitting down and he's like already like oh you look good like putting his hand down my shirt like immediately and i'm just like remembering like right this girl said he was like very difficult to handle yeah, but and like you can still restrain it you can be like hi nice to meet you my comfort level is not you to molest me within unfortunately five seconds. Like, if you said anything to this guy he would kick you out like kick me out 
Yeah, so, but we didn't want that. The goal was to try to stay as long as possible to get as much money as possible yeah, from this I man. So, tolerance for bullshit right? has really gone down. <laughs> I know. I mean, this is when I was like 19, 20, and like working at this agency, and it was like gonna be like a ball and night for money anyway. So, he literally made a fucking, he was like, hey, listen, I have this dare list, and I'm gonna write it down for you. Like, everything is in order of like, it gets more intense as it goes down. He's like, and when you stop, you have to leave. <laughs> when you stop, what exactly? When you refuse to do the dare, like, as he wrote them, like, they were more intense and more intense. And if you decided that that was out of your comfort we're level, going to have to then give you, me an example. You'd have like, to I'm leave. very confused Okay, right now. so, like, it started off very easy and basic. And then it got pretty fucked up and gruesome near the end. And, like, one time I did have to leave, and it was, like, pretty insane at that point. It was, like... <laughs> He would take the first one would be like, just take off all your clothes and walk around my condo naked and walk near the window. So everyone over the highway could see because it like overlooks the highway, I guess. How long was the list of dares? I think there was like 10 dares. Okay. Okay. 10. And there would actually be like a price that he would write beside each dare and the price would get higher as the dare got like more intense. So it was pretty interesting um, to say the least. And they, they did get pretty terrifying as it got bigger I mean, it does sound like a fun idea but like like he gave a me like a hundred dollars like he was already gonna see me naked at some point but like yeah literally it was like psychopathic shit um he gave me like a hundred dollars so this is on top of it this is all like extra side cash to like, like take off all my clothes and walk around naked i was like okay down like i'm down with that that was like easy eventually. i'm like exactly and then then it was like you have to do like three shots with me of like tequila and then it just kind of get, and then it was like like uh, two hundred bucks for that that you would get to keep, like just for like taking. I was like, okay, taking shots. That's it. That's all I gotta do. Okay, cool. I'd be like, what's next there? And like, I try to get through them. Honestly, it was not great, but he actually had. This is how fucked up shit can get. And the and this is what happens like at agencies sometimes when they don't screen and they don't know. And my boss said that she saw him, but for like five minutes and she couldn't handle it and she left. He actually had a dude. That I don't know. He must have owed him something. He must have been like working for him in some fucked up way. But he would call a guy over to fuck me and he would wash. And there was a price tag with that. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't even know this person. And he's like, well, I if you mean, don't want to fuck him, you have to leave. I don't mind if I'm told beforehand. Right? That's the point. But yeah. it was a surprise. It was like impromptu. When we're there, he's like calling up this a, guy. That is a sociopath. And that was I've like $500 to do that. To like fuck this other guy that he's inviting over. And he would watch. And then, like, he had a sex saddle, for example, and you would... Oh, I haven't tried one yet. I kind of really want Okay, well, this was not even, like, a great experience. He picked, like, (laughs) the biggest fucking attachment that he could find, like, basically to, like, humiliate me in a way or something. Is it a swing? No, it's on the floor. Ah, I thought it was a swing, too, to be honest. I totally thought it was a swing. No, a sex saddle. It's like a horse thingy on the ground. So, and then it would have, like, a dildo... He had, like, a box of them. And I was like, not even thinking, because I was naive, I was like, have these things been cleaned? How many girls have yeah, been on like, this? Can like, I bring my own yeah. clean toy? And they would like just... attach onto the saddle and like he picked like the biggest one. It was like fucked up. Like, I don't even think it really fit in my vagina. Like, to be honest, like I, think I was like ripping and tearing I mean, up there. Yeah. And then he wanted to like sit there and control the remote control and do it as intense or whatever. And like, like that involves so much consent that sounds like was not there. No. That that's horrifying. Exactly. And that one was like $700 something. Well, when, when do you think you learned that you were allowed to say no? Honestly, 
<laughs> After all of this? I ended up saying no at one point. He wanted to do some pretty fucked up shit. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to video me. And I was like, absolutely no, fucking no, not. No, the no, line no, has been no. drawn. There is no, and he wanted to give me a thousand dollars for it. And I was like, there is no price that will let me I'm let you video star. me. I'm and an then he would try to exactly. He would try to tell me, I keep it for my personal collection. Nobody will ever see. And then he showed oh me God, this. He showed me this wall, and he said, "See all this?" And they were like, actually, like he made them to fucking DVDs of videos that he had taken and bribed other escorts to do. Like, this is a Sex and the City episode. Of a it's so fucked. It was, I was mind blown. And he was like, this is the wall. He's like, look, you'll just be up here with all these other girls like, that I've already taken videos of. right now. Like, thinking it gave it. me the biggest <laughs> creepy chills ever and I never <laughs> saw him again. But honestly, I ended up getting like 2,000 extra dollars in this like dare list tip work from this guy. So, after well, I did that, I was warning. like, done. I'm just not going to ever see anyone that ever now my like one girlfriend also went there one time and there was another girl that was there and her name was like tatiana or something this is like years ago so i doubt this girl's even in the business anymore but she was like showed up and she didn't like my friend didn't know that there would be another girl there and she was like oh who's this and she's like i'm tatiana and she's like what are you wearing <laughs> my friend was like um whatever i want to wear like i've been here before i didn't know i had like a dress code and basically she didn't like this girl they didn't vibe very well so my friend decided that she was going to leave. She's like, fuck this. I'm not down for this. This is bullshit. And I guess he was like, so he had a really fancy place and like really expensive furniture, like weird shit. He had like a fucking like fish Which aquarium at the okay bar. Which is the undertoning. Right. Apparently. Like he had like a fucking like bar that like the front of it, the whole thing was like a glass, like aquarium that he would bring in the, like exotic fish every week and like put them in his fucking Who weird thing. Who the fuck has this much time? Right. What in the so fuck? he had these like two blue lamps, I guess, that he'd just gotten the order and they were by the front door and he was going to bring them up to his room and hook them up. I kid you not. When my friend was like, fuck you, I'm leaving. She's like, I'm taking the lamps too. And she actually 100% she 100% fucking took both those lamps and walked out the door. She was like, I don't care. I'm never going to see this guy again. It was really funny. She's like, they will go great in my apartment. <laughs> I great. will do that in my next bad experience. Get my recompense a different way. So how would you describe a typical client, though? I think my answer is literally anyone. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I've had like, I've had even a 19 year old before that was like i just want to know how what it's like yeah what it's like and like he's like i haven't had a girlfriend before i haven't lost my virginity i want to learn how to make out with a girl and i want to learn how to like pick them up and like hopefully you can teach me that like i've had people like young i've had people older that have been married for like 20 30 years or maybe like people that their wife died are married though right there are a lot yeah, yeah for so sure they don't get stigmatized but us we're the harlots of society for sure them, they're cool so just to finish all of this is there anything else you want to say to the other escorts out there think it's really important to be yourself and practice the art of self-care make sure that you cut out time for yourself go hang out with your family like anything really that makes you happy um i think you'd be much happier also not comparing your business to other girls business oh absolutely so i recommend like taking twitter breaks often like i really honestly try to only go on twitter monday to friday for like an hour in the morning while i drink my coffee and that is 15 minutes in the morning and 15 at night and i don't look at it in the interim. Yeah. I will Don't like look at it. not go on on the weekends. I'm typically not on unless I like feel for some reason I just took a 
picture and I really want to like post it, I'll post yeah, it and I'll get yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But I really think that the less is more, to be honest. Well, I mean, we could talk about so much more stuff, but I mean, we both have to get places today. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on here and being brave enough to talk about all this stuff because I know it is difficult, stigmatized. But hopefully these conversations are going to help break that and help everyone else listening. I agree. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everyone. So I feel like I want to take a minute out to explain why I think discussing things in this uh, candid manner that we did are important. I feel a lot of women are getting themselves into situations where they don't know what is normal or what is a standard in this industry, and it's resulting in them being taken advantage of. I can't think of a way to help relay all the real information about what actually goes on in this industry apart from doing something really candid and talking about it like this podcast. It's very hard to get access to the real information about this industry leaving people working in it to operate under a trial and error system until enough time has passed that they've figured out what to do. But then how do you get that information to other new girls starting unless you happen to make friends with a sex worker who's been in the industry for years? It takes a lot of awkward situations and uncomfortable moments to learn what is truly normal in this industry. I'm hoping that conversations like this will help shed light on what is and what is not normal so that you don't have to go through all of that kind of wondering if what you're doing is what everyone else is doing um, with a little peace of mind. I want people escorting, whether it be in an arrangement for an agency or for yourself, to know this information that I've learned over years and that other women have learned over years so we can make this industry ideal. I want to stop the misinformation so everyone can communicate openly and no one can fall prey to predatory behavior. By doing this, we can all transform escorting into something beautiful where no one feels used, where everyone's content with their involvement and entering into trysts that genuinely feed their soul and make them feel very appreciated. These weird conditions still exist in a lot of agencies and arrangement, and Kinsley and I covered that, and it just it doesn't need to exist. That doesn't have to be a thing. Pushing people's boundaries because they don't know any better and they think that their involvement in this industry means having to adhere to other people's rules does not have to exist anymore. Let's all change it. I've attached Kinsley's website and Twitter handle in the show notes in case you'd like to check her out or start following her yourself. Please leave a rating on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast so more people can find the show. Next week, I discuss trans escorting with two gorgeous ladies. Stay tuned for that. It is quite the conversation. Happy Monday. Until then, stay curious.